Hello and welcome back to the Vespers Ireland podcast with your hosts, myself, Michelle McGuire and Hazel Mullins. We are delighted to be back with a Clinical Bites episode coming up to the spring. And as ever with these Clinical Bites episodes, they are intended for veterinary professionals. By continuing to listen, you are agreeing that you are indeed a veterinary professional. So tonight we have Patrick O'Neill with us to talk all about uh, trace mineral injections in, in cattle pre-calving so it's all about the use of multi-min so it's a really interesting podcast for all large animal vets but I think any any vet that's ever studied large animal medicine will find it interesting. Hello Patrick and welcome to uh, this episode of the Clinical Bites. Thank you so much uh, for coming on and talking to us all about multi-min and the pre-calving treatment of dairy cows. So welcome, welcome to the Vet Space podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Hazel and Michelle. It's very nice to be here. Great. And um, so, look, tell us about yourself first and the company and what it, what you're all about. And yeah, you can throw in a few stories about yourself as well, Patrick, if you'd like. Yeah, tell us about Patrick O'Neill first before we get Yeah, Patrick to the O'Neill, company. yes. Who yeah. are you? A, a brief introduction to the, the <laughs> life of Patrick. Uh, so, I grew up on a beef and sheep farm in Wicklow and I suppose, I don't know why, but I just took a mad notion to become a vet. Um, after vet college, I'm UCD graduate. And after vet college, I worked in Canada in the lovely state of Alberta. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, I moved to Alberta in what would turn out to be the coldest winter in 40 years. Uh, so a lot of snow and a lot of cesarean sections in heated barns thankfully but calving a few cows out in fields and seeing sick horses out in fields in minus 30 so I did that for a year and for some reason I said I'd come home I don't know what it was about it but uh yeah worked in uh, in mixed practice then for another three years in the UK and in Ireland as well uh, so uh, your typical mixed practice vet all creatures great and small uh some exotic work as well and then about four years ago I started working with this company called Warburton Technology in Carsevine, uh, County Kerry. Warburton is the parent company of Multimin, the injectable trace mineral supplement so uh, I had never heard of it before I started working for the company. Um, It only recently launched in uh, only recently launched in Europe in 2019 but for years, this little small company in Kerry had been producing this product that was huge in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, America, all these big cattle markets and big cattle producing countries. And it was from little old Ireland and little old Carsevine. So it was, it's been an amazing company to work for and a really interesting experience. And um, in my role, like I don't, I don't do clinical practice per se anymore, but I'm Never, uh, never day goes by that I'm not off on and off the phone to different vets discussing minerals or nutritional issues or how to they can build like supplementation strategies. And I'd be traveling a lot as well. So um, I know you guys always get very interesting different vets uh, or different people from the veterinary and animal health world. So I'd be kind of slightly left field like that as well. Maybe not as interesting some as your other guests as we discussed before, but. Um, it's, it's been an interesting role, uh, to work in and it's a very, very interesting product to, to promote. I think you're a bit hard on yourself there, Patrick, because I know, <laughs> um, we had you in, uh, the practice at the other day and you were talking all about your different countries you've been to. And I know you've been quite quiet over the COVID, but it really is. And 
it it always amazed me at how many countries multi-min was used in and how I suppose Ireland you know we were one of the later ones to join in in you know the you know having it on the shelves and everything and it had such a good reputation and I remember you meeting me um at a conference and you were telling me all about it and I was just like this is this is really in Paris I mean this has been made and you know and it was just like I'd never heard of it it was a totally new uh, thing and it sounded like it was going to revolutionize mineral supplements in 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 cattle so yeah it was it was an interesting conversation I had with you maybe that was four years ago now wasn't it? maybe three or four years ago it's it's at least three or four years ago now yeah. but since 2019 we're launched in Britain Ireland and France and it's gone really really well it's been very very interesting to travel and you know, like we have this lovely grass-based system here in Ireland, but in the UK and France, it's more on TMR. And um, in 2021, we started distributing in Spain, Italy, and Portugal. So I've been visiting feedlots in Italy and Spain. And in Portugal, I got to travel to the Azores, which is like one of the few places wow. other than Ireland that operates with a grass-based system. So um, I'm there trying to speak broken English to Portuguese professors and all they want to talk about is Chagas. And they're like, oh, we follow the, the Chagas podcasts and they read all the publications about grass space. And I'm like, wow, very, very impressed. But no, it's, it's, it's been great to kind of go and see different cattle systems and how the concept of strategic supplementation can be not exactly adapted, but just made to measure made fit in different systems like uh, you just identify the stress point when cattle aren't eating or absorbing enough minerals and how a supplement can help around that time particularly an injectable supplement and in all the countries in europe it's a pom product this multi-min so with that in mind it's it's kind of sharing experience with a lot of different vets of oh well in ireland we've used it this way or well in america there was a study and they got on with these results and you know it's just um kind of bringing people together a lot but just with this concept of strategy and supplementation is it a pom product in ireland yep all yeah. injectable copper and selenium is um, pom in europe so maybe just tell us kind of the how you know the main kind of elements of how it works and what it contains and and we can kind of go maybe more into the pre-calving side of it then Patrick. yeah that's perfect so um the multivitamin contains copper, zinc, selenium, and manganese. And the whole idea is we're using an injection not as a replacement for oral nutrition. You're still feeding your, your good oral nutrition day-to-day -day for maintenance. But at some periods in the production cycle, like I mentioned, uh, cattle, their intake levels will fall. Like in pre-calving cows, you'll have about a 30 or 40% intake drop coming up to calving in the third trimester. Um, or if you have shipped cattle, newly arrived cattle into feedlots or even just from the marts in Ireland, they'll take a couple of days to acclimatize and they're not eating enough. And all these times, it's when there's an increased demand for minerals. Again, if we're looking at your pre-calving cow, that rapidly growing calf in utero, all the minerals for that calf are coming from the dam, from the mother. Um, so from her supply. So the calf, in effect, uh, is, is kind of like a big parasite because it's just pulling all the minerals from the dam across the umbilicus. Um, so it's dependent on the mother's supply. And as we said, their intake level, the cow's intake level is falling. So, And the other thing, when we stress cattle, we get an increased loss of minerals through urinary excretion. And this also happens in the pre-calving cow as well. So 
the whole idea here is you've all these changes in the cattle's metabolism and the obvious answer is well why don't we just feed more minerals why don't we put more minerals in the feed and the issue is that cattle have a very very poor ability to absorb minerals trace minerals in particular uh, in in their gi system so oral copper is absorbed about one to five percent so you'll see different supplements say they're chelated or they're blended or whatever formula is in them but for cattle it's very very low it's about between one to five percent for for most sources um and the other issue that is very well documented in ireland will all be familiar with is an antagonism so you know, we're told in college about your thiomolybdate complexes of molybdenum and sulfur binding up your copper. But even if you're over or under feeding calcium, it can adversely affect your selenium. Um, if you're feeding molast minerals, it can be very high in sulfur, which can adversely affect your copper status. So it's not the thing of good minerals and bad minerals. It's just balance. So unfortunately, to feed your way out of trouble sometimes, there's only so much that the room and can do so this is where this strategy of an injection was kind of developed because if you use a mineral injection you're bypassing the rumen and all those antagonists and you're just topping up the cow straight away uh, and as well you're not replacing the diet because all the safety work has been done and with with the, the fact that it's a pom vets know that, that it has passed the highest level of safety threshold to be licensed in europe so if you're giving a measured label dose at a, a, an adequate and not excessive diet at a strategic time, we have a lot of research to support the, the concept of supplementation here. Um, I think we're up to about 39 different peer-reviewed publications to support multi-min. Wow. So we kind of, we make the joke a lot that it's more papers to support multi-min than Viagra, but, you know, we're also very, very blue like Viagra, but... I'm yet to I'm yet to find anyone who says actually there's more on Viagra any any vets to reveal themselves that way but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh as talking about Viagra I definitely saw it advertised in the Farmers Journal the other day I did have a giggle but <laughs> it's OTC now sure it's OTC now <laughs> that's a side point <laughs> there you go um yeah no and I'm fascinated by the antagonist I think. Sometimes in college, we're, we're taught about antagonists and yeah, we remember the molybdenum, the copper, but there's, mm. there is so many more like there's iron and, and copper as well, isn't there? And there's, there's, or yeah, see, they go in one ear and out the other. So it's always good to be reminded about them. Yeah, I think the one we kind of is most relevant to us in Ireland is um, if you think about spreading a fertilizer, I know nitrates is a very hot issue, but the other thing in, in fertilizer is your uh, potassium which can adversely affect your uh, manganese actually in the soil so if you have soil that is marginally uh, marginal on trace mineral levels if that's where the crop is being produced from or the grass is being produced from well it's only natural that at critical times the cattle can become marginal themselves um, i think one of the things that has changed in recent years is vets and farmers have moved away from this idea of you know mineral status being good or bad there's this whole idea of subclinical deficiency so the cows are all year round they're at adequate mineral levels and on an okay or a good plane of nutrition but then when this metabolism change happens at these stress points we're calling them the moments that matter so at these kind of moments that matter at these critical periods like pre-calving 
the cow slip into subclinical deficiency and you know then when it comes to calving down we see our transition diseases so if you have cattle in poor selenium levels as well documented you might see more retained cleanings we know zinc is really important for the formation of that keratin plug for drying off in cattle so you might see poor uh, poor cell counts or poor levels of mastitis through the transition period so it's kind of identifying the critical control points, those moments that matter on farm and how can we can improve cattle through them. And, you know, we've seen a lot of really positive benefits and it benefits and study work around the area of fertility, but also on the area of immunity. And like in this country, we're really on a low input kind of system and we're trying to keep our costs down as much. So a lot of people can kind of see this as, oh, here we go, another supplement, another idea to get money off the farmers. But our whole thing with Multimen has always been, we're showing farmers and vets and herd managers that if we supplement, we can really improve performance and we can really show a kind of an ROI, be it in improved fertility targets or reduce mastitis costs. And like it's a tale as old as time, prevention is better than cure. And for mastitis in dairy cattle and mm-hmm. for transition disease in dairy cattle, you know, it really stacks up that if we can keep those cattle healthy and keep them in the herd for longer, um, it's it's just the best way for our farmers for sustainability. And it's a tale as old as time that health is equals wealth as well, do you know? Definitely, definitely. Like yeah. you, 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 I've been to a couple of different places in Europe and like the average number of lactations they're getting out of some of their cows is just startling and they're constantly having to go in and breed replacements or buy replacements. In Ireland, like, you know, you'd be doing TB tests and you'd look at the husky and you'd be falling over. Like how many and the farmers would just tell you, <laughs> oh, I'd get rid of this cow when she stops going in calf. And like if you can keep your cell counts down and you can keep your fertility, you know, genetics can go so far and hygiene on the farm can go so far. But, you know, you're on some of these farms and a guy can be doing everything right. And they're, they could just be at their wits end. They can't understand why they're losing calves or can't understand why the cell counts keep creeping up or they're getting just other transition diseases like you know even dirty cows post calving like your minerals are involved in so many different processes like um one of the big ones a big area of study is this idea of oxidative stress i don't know if you're familiar with that one but it's a big area of study in human medicine anti-aging creams uh, and cellular metabolism so um, I don't think you were expecting me to start talking about anti-aging here on, <laughs> on your veterinary podcast. Well, we I literally were, heard. We, we were Sorry. slagging each other before we came on air about age. So maybe it's fitting. Yeah. Perfect. I, uh, every time I think about oxidative stress, I'm just like, my body is eating itself and there's more yeah. wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least your hair isn't trying to escape from the top of your head. That's my comment with aging right now. That's an androgen problem, but we won't get into oh. that nail pattern problems. But the whole idea with oxidative stress, um, as I said, it's about in, in human medicine, it's a big area of focus for anti-aging. But basically, if you've adequate levels of trace minerals in your body, you've adequate levels of these key antioxidant enzymes. So vets would be familiar, even if they hadn't heard of oxidative stress, they would be familiar with glutathione peroxidase. So the, the enzyme that is responsible for keeping calves alive and preventing your white muscle disease. So in animal medicine, your oxidative stress has been a study of increased um, 
inflammatory disorders and chronic disorders, as well as um, infectious or sorry, failed uh, immune responses. So if you have a poor level of these antioxidant enzymes, what happens is during oxygen metabolism and periods when there's increased metabolism, these antioxidant enzymes, they protect the byproducts of oxygen metabolism and they just neutralize them. But if you don't have enough of these minerals and thus you don't have enough of these antioxidants in the body, the normal oxygen metabolism, the byproducts produced during that process can cause premature cell aging and cell damage. So if you think about a cow and poor mineral levels post calving, uh, this is area of oxidative stress and these byproducts called free radicals, they've been linked to premature luteal lysis. So if you think about a cow trying to go back in calf and being scanned in calf early on, and then all of a sudden being repeating and showing signs of heat, and you're thinking, what went wrong there? Well, was the cow in poor mineral status? Was oxidative stress breaking down that, that CL? And likewise, you're, you're, uh, the biggest concentration of these antioxidant enzymes in the body is actually in the seminal fluid. So if we think about the semen trying to fertilize the, the egg, it's obviously going to take a huge amount of oxygen for that semen to metabolize. Uh, and if it isn't inadequate levels of anti or it doesn't have adequate levels of minerals and antioxidants, you know, if you're doing your breeding soundness exam on a bull, you can just see poor motility or a lot of dead semen. So it, it affects male and female fertility that way, but it's been linked to premature death of white blood cells as well. So these free radicals, they're really uh, aggressive on some cells, but they seem to have a particular affinity for the cell wall, or just excuse me, the cell membrane on the white blood cells. So you can see, if you think about, you know, a calf in that shabby coppery coat where, where they're a little bit brown, uh, and you can think of the, the constant scour those calves are getting and recurring infections, and they're just in poor mineral status, and they just never get a good start to life that way. You can think is oxidative stress, stress kind of in the background there hampering that issue, you know, so... It's, it's a really interesting area of study. And there was a very interesting article two months ago in the Veterinary Ireland Journal, actually, I think it was from the Czech Republic about this whole area of new biomarkers uh, for oxidative stress. So it's something that is getting, um, it's an area that is getting a lot more study and a lot more focus in, in, from a veterinary point of view. And it's really interesting how the trace minerals play a role there. And what we've seen with, from the multimin side is, when you supplement the cattle ahead of these periods, we're supplying the minerals and we're raising the mineral and put mineral levels in the plasma and in the livers. But likewise, we're seeing statistically significant improvements in these antioxidant levels. And uh, as well, we're seeing the cattle with higher antioxidant levels are the ones performing better through the transition period or through the finishing period as well. So it's just, um, it's really interesting to kind of have a product where you can make a difference, but also you can really understand the science behind it. So like in general, the trend, as we said, it's it, prevention is better than cure and that's the way we're going. So this is just something new that vets maybe have heard about or have heard a little bit about, but it's a new kind of string in their bow um, in that preventative medicine strategy. So how does this how does the trace mineral then metabolism change during pre-calving and like what, what role then does this oxidative stress and all that? I presume the pre-calving period then is one of these moments that matter, as you mentioned earlier. 
So this is... Yeah, so this is would be the, one of the biggest ones. So as we said, the Multiman is only new in Ireland, but it's been sold in the US, this formula, for about 10 years. And one of the biggest use periods and one of the biggest periods farmers have gotten accounts from is the pre-calving supplement. So like I right. said, pre-calving, you're going to have your problems with oral minerals and you're going to have your problems with antagonists, but you get a huge increase in demand for trace minerals for, for um, from that growing calf or if you're thinking about a dairy cow that's coming up to, at the dry period, the other is repairing from the previous lactation and it's getting ready for milk synthesis again. So it's a lot of jobs. And if you think about your heifer as well, so all of the challenges we talked about in terms of, you know, pre-calving intakes falling and increase in demand for minerals. If you're listening to the advice of Chagas or AHDB or HDB, excuse me, they're telling us that we should be trying to calve our first lactation heifers at around 24, 28 months to maximize profitability. Um, but these animals are still growing themselves. So they have kind of a side extra need for minerals in terms of their own growth, as, as well as growing this, this calf in, in their uterus. So they have all these jobs as well as trying to keep enough minerals stored so that they can fend off, uh, well, keep a good, healthy immune system and fend off the commensal bacteria or foreign bacteria that is kind of trying to start off infections. So it's your, your watershed moment for your year in dairy and indeed beef production really is your calving and how the cow comes through that calving and the stress of that event and, uh, and how they can reduce or minimize any diseases or any antibiotics needed or treatments that are going to uh, adversely affect them. So uh, coming up to calving, if we're supplementing in the pre-calving period, what we've seen is in a study with Cornell, uh, supplementing dairy calves before, they, before calving uh, with two injections at drying off and 30 days pre-calving what we found is a statistically significant reduction in clinical mastitis, subclinical mastitis, and somatic cell counts. So uh, these cattle were on three different farms and what they were on the highest plane of nutrition available to them uh, within recommended, recommended levels. Using that supplementation strategy, we still were able to improve the performance in that herd. So again, it's it's you're only using the two injections, but you're, you're getting all of those different benefits in terms of the different reductions in clinical disease. And we've had a study that came out only this year from Mexico um, in a strategy where they used either two injections pre-calving or, or one post-calving. And in both of these strategies, what they found was a reduction in the days from, from calving to conception. So, Farmers are getting the same amount of cows back in calf, but it's just taking them longer. So as some vets will tell you, farmers will, will talk about their calving interval and they'll say, oh, it's a brilliant interval of 100% rate from July to January and January to July. But, you know, in Ireland, that doesn't quite slide. We have six weeks and we need everything back in calf. So mm -hmm. we can't afford to be missing heats and we can't afford to have cows slipping calves. So uh, what we found as well, we're using these supplementation with a couple of studies showing this now is when we're supplementing that cow pre-calving, you're supplementing the calf as well. So we've seen in a couple of different papers, statistically significant reduction in stillbirths. So your calf is being born alive because it's 
adequate levels of minerals and enzymes. So as soon as it hits the ground, it's it's running. So you know you're you're looking after the future of your herd there. Um, so it, it's it's just something that's really interesting. But it's good to have from a veterinary point of view. It's good to have hard data to support all these ideas. Like rather than oh well we hypothesize or oh we think this is doing it like. 39 papers it helps to kind of give vets that bit of uh, just peace of mind that the, the study work has been done and it's with as i say cornell with kansas state university with iowa state and we've new uh, publications from mexico and brazil hopefully we'll have some european-based publications this year as well go ahead Patrick, was there any significance between the two shots pre-calving or and the one shot pre and one shot post is there any significance in, in in the difference of those? Like, what are the what are the, what is the main recommendation? Would you say? It depends on the strategy you're trying to employ. Really, what we've seen in, in uh, is the two injections pre-calving are kind of preparing for calving, and then we've looked at the third injection in the pre-calving period as more focus on breeding. So, if you're trying to improve your transition health, if you're injecting a cow after she's calved, you're you're a bit late to the dance, but uh, so that's more of our breeding injection and our pre-breeding period. But what we found is some farms will use one injection uh, depending on the, their, their input. Other farms have been using two. So it's kind of what we've always recommended if you wanted to start, well, sorry, excuse me, two injections in the pre-calving period or one depending on your strategy. Like, um, as I say, some of these herds in the US are much higher input and much higher milk yield cows, so a huge demand for minerals. In Ireland, we're, we're not pushing our cows as hard. So I know we have some farms here using two injections pre-calving and one poster, but some farms are just going in with the one injection at drying off or in that pre-calving window and another one in the, in the, in the breeding period. So it's, it's, it depends what you're trying to achieve uh, on the herd, but it's, it, it's something that can be kind of adapted slightly. You just need to find out what you're really trying to measurably improve uh, in the herd and the data will stack up. And ideally and what time frame, Patrick, like, you know, say for, oh, you know, if you're going to do the one, and, you know, would it be kind of a month before the actual calf or is it kind of, you know, what to get the best benefits for yeah, the so cow? Yeah. If you look at the work we've previously done, um, we're going to keep Chags very happy here because we, in our, a lot of our studies, we've had 60 days dry period, which is what we're kind of moving towards as an industry in Ireland. Mm. Um, but well, a lot of work we've done has been injecting at drying off at 60 days and then 30 days pre-calving. So if you're having a shorter dry period or an adapted dry period, you could modify that slightly. But realistically, in terms of building up adequate enzyme levels and as well as mineral levels pre-calving, we would recommend no later than about 14 days pre-calving. Uh, and before that, then it depends on if you're going to give one shot or two shots. So a lot of farmers like to give it uh, in the in the pre-calving period concurrently with vaccination, uh, your rota corona vaccines. Uh, so what we have seen is now very interestingly improved antibody titer levels in the milk uh, of the calves. So uh, with these rota and corona vaccines you're raising the antibody titer levels for the the colostrum for the calves so now we're seeing how again like calves being uh, having reduced stillbirths we're seeing how supplementing one animal being the dam can have 
a measurable improvement in in the next generation in another animal so that's it's it's a really interesting period and it's a really important period to to supplement in so i i hope i'm not giving you too much of a general answer there but it's kind of it depends on the farm what you want to do so if yeah. vets are interested or farmers interested if they want to discuss it with their vets they can kind of tailor a strategy for their for the best uh, outcome on their farm because the first time this year i you you know i haven't been i suppose this is the first year i've kind of really focused on the pre-calving um side of i would have used it a lot for pre-breeding but mm. and for maybe weanlings and things like that but it's it's all a learning curve and i think it's it's a new product as well where you know as vets we're getting used to it and but this year now I had a farm that was uh, had a really bad uh, year with mastitis. A lot of high cell count cows went in drying off them early. And I said, look, at dry off, add in multimin as well. And then I have another farm who had scour issues last year. And I've recommended that they should go in with their rotavac and give a shot of multimin at the same time. So they're the two kind of farms, you know, they're, you know, it depends, as you say, what farm is, is what issues are on the farm and, and you know whether they so hopefully because I know there's lots of studies now on cell count and everything so we were very excited to hear that the other day so it was um, yeah it's, a nice, we've, it's we've, another nice tool to have <laughs> yeah it's it's we've a lot of work between well uh, New Zealand and uh, America as well on that supplementation and seeing improvements in cell counts but like as you say yourself it's in just another tool to have but it's funny because some vets will swear by it in one period and they think, oh, I didn't know you could give it to calves or, oh, I didn't know you could use it there. And it's just kind of saying like, look, it's multi-use. And the whole idea is what are your, what are your critical times? What are your moments that matter on a farm? And can it be used here? When, are, is stress involved? Is mineral metabolism involved? And would a supplement make a difference? And in a lot of cases it will. So it's, um, as we say, it's really interesting to be, churning out these new publications and um and having good hard data for vets to to support them at different times and again as we all know it's so important to reduce the antibiotics we're using in europe and keep our amr to the absolute bare minimum but anything that is going to keep those antibiotics out of use is a big big help but even like you're talking about scour with calves there was a study from a few years ago in cornell i think it was vandenberg and they found that if calves avoided antibiotic treatment for scour or avoided scour in their um, first year of life, they went on in their first lactation to produce more milk compared to cattle from the same cohort that were had the scour treatment or had an antibiotic treatment. So it's just, again, showing that there is an ROI to preventative medicine. It's not just about, you know, keeping your costs down it's actually about improving that performance as well so yeah. it's, it's something that's really interesting yeah i always think um when you think about baby calves and the amount of antibiotics that used to maybe not as much anymore and still do in some places going to them like if you compare them to babies and i know it's not the same thing but like could you just imagine giving the antibiotics to a baby you'd know you'd be destroying their yeah. their their own immunity and their gut health and everything like um but we're still just so quick to um lash it into them at any sign of a temperature or you know or they're a bit off suck we're like oh we'll give them a shot of this um instead of something else 
I think you, you've hit on you've hit on a really interesting point because like in, antibiotics in new medicine is like oh are you sick or what's wrong with you yeah I'm on antibiotics and it's kind of like a very serious thing but I think for a long time in Ireland we had a, a really cavalier attitude as you say it was just oh whatever and give them a shot of something there yeah. uh, and it's it's kind of the more when you step back and look at that as you say compare it to human medicine it's no you really really that shouldn't is, be doing that like yeah 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 the only oh, socially I... acceptable reason for not drinking in a pub in ireland oh i'm on antibiotics <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true and then people are probably like it's a flagell yeah no no you'll be grand you'll be grand then <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. So <laughs> uh, at least for a good crack you know yes yeah um, and we're getting we better don't... with antibiotics yeah, and I think as well from a, being a vet in practice as well, I do feel that farmers are moving away from, oh, just give them a shot. It's, it's look, do the test, find out what it is. Is it crypto? Is it rota? You know, and I do think there is, it, it, things are improving. And with those kind of farm side diagnostics now, you can kind of show that it's not a bacterial um, infection and, 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 and explain to people. And I do think like things like that have really improved the way we treat scours as well but yeah no it's just I, I'm, I'm interested to see how we get on now with with the added shot with the vaccine so it's it's kind of um definitely I think in this world especially next year when these when like we really do have like the antibiotic regulations and everything like we will be challenged to implement Change. things that can improve mm. If I was a, a vet or a farmer listening to this, I'm just wondering, I'm trying to think of the questions. And one of them that does come up, and when I when I put on my Instagram about multimin, I do get questions. Oh, do you still feed oral minerals if you give this shot pre-calving? And I always say yes. And I think that's the right answer. Yeah, Patrick. or like we, we always recommend you maintain the cattle on a good high plane of nutrition. So you're, you're not replacing or substituting those minerals because you're just you're giving more at a key time when they need more uh, with the injection, but you're not taking away like that. You still need your protein in your diet. You still need your uh, trace minerals, your vitamins as well. It's not a case of you know scaling down your diet. You just supplement for at those times when they're not eating enough. So it's um, it's something that we've been really really conscious of in our when we've been building our research all of our papers have been with animals that have been fed to the nrc recommended level of feeding so that's the national research council in the u.s they're kind of regarded as the gold standard or if not the near to the gold standard for for ruminant nutrition and uh, so all of our papers have been at that kind of level and if you look across the pond, what, is, what has gone on in, in England in particular for a long time, they've had chronic issues with overfeeding of trace minerals uh, as a strategy to kind of overcome the challenges we've talked about of, uh, you know, um, poor absorption and antagonism and, and the in mineral metabolism. And it has led to a lot of issues uh, on farm and in different pockets of the country, whereas if you're still feeding at an appropriate level and you're giving a targeted measured injection at critical periods, it's something that can be, it's a much more safer approach than, you know, bombing the room and with lots and lots of minerals all year round to just improve performance at peak times. So from a cost per head point of view, it's 
it's a much better way of, uh, for, for approaching that problem for farmers. Very good. And boluses, do we have to be careful, say, if people are giving... Um, this is the, you know, this is a really interesting one because obviously a lot of the boluses, there's no real studies done on in terms of release data and how steady that release is. So with the multimin, we know you inject, we're seeing raised plasma levels within eight hours and we're seeing raised liver levels within 24 hours of minerals. And then your antioxidants building up uh, at about 14 days, you're seeing statistically significant raised antioxidant levels. With the boluses, you'll find a lot of them, they'll promise the sun, moon and stars, but they don't have the metabolism work done. So we don't recommend multimin to be used concurrently with any bolus for that reason, because you don't know, is it a case of a lot of mineral is absorbed suddenly at the start or uh, suddenly at the end, or how, how does the metabolism of these devices work? But interestingly, we did a study in 2020 where we compared the metabolism of uh, the multimin injection to, to three different drenches, a mineral paste, and two different kinds of boluses. So we gave the product to, or whichever treatment to a select group of animals um, that were all determined from liver biopsy to be trace mineral adequate. So what we're trying to do is synthesize that idea of a, a, a top-up injection before a stressful period or a top-up treatment. And what we found in that study was none of the other treatments apart from multimin made any statistically significant difference in the plasma levels or the liver levels of those animals. So we, they were giving a treatment. A lot of times it was peace of mind for the farmer, uh, but when we're giving these drenches and some of these boluses, how well are they working and do they have data to support them? You know, it's, it's an interesting one. Like one in that paper it was Jackson 2020. And in that paper, after 120 days, I think one of the boluses started to release minerals. So if you're, again, if you're giving cows uh, a treatment uh, at drying off, you know, uh, it doesn't start releasing or start to work until that late, well, as I said, it's late to the dance. It's no good to you then because the cow needs the minerals and the antioxidant levels before calving. So it's it's really about strategy and about finding the time and having something that you know is going to deliver results for you. Very yeah, good. that's very interesting. And there's all different doses as well, isn't there? There's, it, it kind of, the dose goes down as the yeah. weight goes up, isn't it? And, and it's, it's the... It's it's the, the whole idea is that calves kind of have a different demand for body weight of minerals. So it's one mil per 50 for calves, one mil per 75 for animals one to two years old. And for adult cattle, it's one mil per 100 kilos. So um, and we only recommend subcutaneous injection in the neck uh, when obviously farmers and vets are very light, very sensitive with that because the neck is, of course, where we TB test. So uh, all I can tell you is we do not see any lumps or humps or bumps with this product if we're using clean needles and clean syringes and injecting under the skin so there's no issue of like injecting here and sensitizing the skin for lumps or sensitizing for reactors not at all so it's something that we get asked a lot when we're doing farmers meetings particularly in my native Wicklow where we're the laggards when it comes to TB unfortunately mm -hmm. that's good to know that answer I think, um, yeah, I think, are, are we, you know, are you happy, Patrick, with, is there anything else that we've forgotten to cover that you'd like to tell our listeners? 
Uh, no, I think that's it. That's everything. Um, just if they'd like more information, we have our new website set up at multimin.eu. We're going to be launching a thing called an avoidable loss calculator on the website. So you can look at, you know, what it costs for days open on different farming systems or what it costs for clinical disease um, and how not just multimin, but how improving your performance uh, could Im- could improve the return on investment or reduce the cost per head per cow in dairy farms. And we have a repro calculator for beef cattle as well. And if farmers or vets would like, well, sorry, if vets would like more uh, information on this, we have our own social media set up on Trace Mineral Top on Instagram, on Facebook, but um, we're online on, on our website as well. So multimin.eu. Great. I'm sure we'll put all those information in the show notes as well. Yes. So, Thank you so much, Patrick, for coming on. I know we'll have you back um, after Christmas at some point to cover pre-breeding and the cycle of the dairy yeah. cow goes on. Yeah, um, so yeah, goes we're, on. Looking, we're looking forward to having you back and thank you so much. It was really informative. I've learned a lot. I Me thought too. I knew um, a lot about Multimin, but there's always a few bits more that you can learn. And uh, thank you so much. It's been really insightful. Thank you very much for having me. And I look forward to being on again. So thank you. so you never miss an episode and to find out more go to headspaceireland.ie and don't forget to check us out on social media and tag us whilst you're listening to the podcasts we'd love to see it